0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Topics and Tangents. I'm Mort Langford,
1: And I'm Kate. Howdy, howdy.
0: And I don't know why I say that. No, it's all good. You do you.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess I'm a cowboy. Well, cow, I'm a cow person. Cow person?
0: Uh, we're discussing Pride because it is June, which is Pride Month. Woo. Um, Now... Because there's going to be, like, a lot of content that I'm going to throw at you. Uh, This is actually an episode that I wrote last year when we were, wait, what? And then we recorded it, and then it got scrapped for reasons. Uh, So I've gone back, I've added a thing or two, but uh, Kate and I are going to kind of go over a bit of a history of Pride and some key people as well as kind of what to expect should you attend a Pride function this month, which I definitely encourage you to do.
1: Yeah, for sure. Get out there. Show your support. Mm -hmm. No matter if you're part of the LGBTQ community or if you're just an ally. Either way, it's about equality. It's about love.
0: It's about just... Not being shitty to other human beings. Yeah, love. Which, oddly <laughs> enough, a lot of people are still bad at.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Not uh, naming any names, Donald Tonell- Trump.
1: Yeah, no. That sounds like a real a name of a person who would not...
0: Yeah. Hey, like Dave, a- if Dave Anthony could do that for his therapy ad that he does every episode, then I think I could switch around letters and... ...avoid getting sued by his lawyers.
1: I doubt... Well, his, his... His lawyer's kind of under
0: investigation anyway. I
1: don't... I think... it don't think he's... You're worth his time. Just saying.
0: Unrelated side note... What would be awesome... Is... If because of the investigation with his lawyers... Um, if they end up having to overturn some of the cases That they've done over the years mm-hmm. So that business owners that Donald's fucked over the years End up getting their money Cause like you know about in I think it was the 80's That he ripped yeah. off some company by saying um, That they hired Polish workers and all that
1: He He's just all around Not my fave person in the world yeah, I think To put it Light, light. He's not
0: even his wife's fave. Oh God, no. So anyhow,
1: and he was we're
0: we're not talking about him though. We're talking about people we do care about.
1: Hell yeah!
0: Which is the LGBT community. So that's why we want to kind of cover because a lot a lot of people know about pride. A lot of people know about the pride parades, but not a lot of people really know where it all came from. So.
1: Yeah, we want to give you guys a little bit of origins. origins.
0: The history of the United States is built upon a rocky foundation, erected with the best of intentions, but filled with a series of holes. It's inevitable, of course. We only become more knowledgeable over time, and what is common knowledge now may have been rumors or even non-existent way back then. should be of no surprise, therefore, that we have had to make adjustments over time in order to allow others the equal treatment that our forefathers took for granted. Even today, our nation's far from perfect. Islamophobia has divided the nation, with some believing that we should take on refugees from war-torn nations, while others feel we should cast them out for the good of our country. You can't declare Black Lives Matter without someone else countering with All Lives Matter. One group that understands this plight very well is the LGBT community. Despite several reparations over the years, including the passing of anti-discrimination laws and legalizing same-sex marriage, the LGBT community continues to face opposition every turn. There's stuff like gay conversion therapy, uh, "pray the gay away" kind of camps. Yep. Mike Pence. Yep. I mean, Pike Ments.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, uh, Pike Ments. Yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, today, we're going to take a look at a key turning point and the history of LGBT acceptance in the United States, as well as understand the importance of continuing the fight today. June 28, 1969, New York City Public homosexual relations are illegal throughout the city, assisted in part to a law on, quote, sexual perversion, signed by President Dwight Eisenhower back in 1953. Members of the LGBT community lacked any of the social acceptance offered to people today and were forced to either repress their secret or else find discreet gathering places to be in a threat-free environment. As such, gay clubs and bars soon became a precious safe haven for those seeking to avoid persecution. It was not illegal to serve gays, but due to the fact that kissing and dancing with members of the same gender was deemed disorderly, many bars refused to nonetheless. Because of this, many bars that catered to the LGBT community were run by gangs and monsters, who were more than happy to kick some meager funding to crooked cops in order to corner the market of serving homosexuals. However, these safe spaces were still frequently targeted by regular police raids seeking to harass and demean the LGBT community. Which I I think is... Great, but also terrible that the mob was like, yeah, no, we don't have a problem, we'll protect you. And that it actually worked. Yeah. Because the mob does a lot of horrible things.
1: The mob really does. But... Right, but at to what cost, too, yeah, are they helping? Because like, they're not, yeah, first and foremost, they're helping themselves. I mean, yeah. So...
0: So, I mean, go slash boo the mob...
1: <laughs> yeah, I never thought I'd find myself confused on whether or not I like a mo- like the mobs.
0: Uh, one such bar that faced police opposition was the Stonewall Inn, owned by the Genovese crime family. On June 28th, 1969, police charged into to the establishment uh, on the grounds that the Stonewall Inn was distributing alcohol without a license. Now, on a normal police raid, the NYPD would barge in, shut the place down, and cause visitors to scatter and disappear, fearful of the repercussions of the police. But in the early hours of this fateful date, things were different. The police, as usual, charged in and arrested the employees, as well as beat on a few of the visitors. According to a citywide law, the police were authorized to arrest anyone wearing three or more articles of clothing of an inappropriately gendered nature. Which sounds very specific.
1: Yeah, and very vague at the exact same time, because that's up for interpretation. I think... Of what is... I mean, I, there's a point where, if you don't think it's appropriately gendered, but
0: what happens I if love you just
1: took your button-off shirt off because it, it was hot and they're like, you're wearing this weird T-shirt that's just white... I find that inappropriately gendered. It's just something stupid. Like that's.
0: I just love the specificity of the article that I could wear a bra and patties and that's fine. Yes, but the, the are... moment I put a bow in my hair and I'm going to be in the slammer.
1: <clears throat> that's, it's weird that it's, it's three because they're like, well, I can see where it might get rowdy and you might be wearing a bra or you might be wearing a tube top. Or, I'm guessing, a skirt?
0: But it's... That's so weird. This lady has pockets longer than an inch. Get her!
1: Arrest her! She actually can put things (laughs) in her pockets. They're
0: obviously men's pants.
1: (laughs) She's wearing pants.
0: To ensure it was a valid arrest, female officers would routinely take patrons in women's clothing into the restroom to check their gender. Oh, that's... Yep. A whole lot of bullshit. Yep. You ain't
1: checking out my junk. No.
0: That's that's what the patrons thought on this that's night. That's the
1: same argument with people getting frustrated over frickin' transgender people using the bathroom. Yeah, The bathroom's meant to be used as the bathroom, not as a yep.
0: stripping section, what people want. New year, Ugh. same issues. Not the truth. Uh, on this night, police arrested several patrons and dragged them outside. Now, as I said, I wrote this last year and decided to hold off the episode, um, which I'm actually kind of glad that I did because uh, since last year, I actually learned about two very important figures that are often overlooked in the history of Pride uh, that I get to include now, which would be Marsha Pay It No Mind Johnson. And Sylvia Rivera, two transgender women of color. Marcia, who had moved to New York soon after high school with $15 and a bag of clothes, uh, was no stranger to bigotry and mistreatment. As a transgender woman, she had already been bullied for wearing dresses and fled her New Jersey home to find more like minded people across the river. On this specific night, she was actually visiting the bar to celebrate. Uh, and a few of the resources that I was reading said it was actually her birthday. And she became angry, surprise, surprise, about the police's harassment and treatment of the patrons and was one of the first to actually resist them, which meant that it wouldn't take very long for her to end up being dragged outside.
1: Correct. Unfortunately.
0: Now, Sylvia Rivera was a New York native, though her family were of Venezuelan and Puerto Rican descent. She was orphaned early on and was actually kicked out of the house by her grandmother after she was caught wearing makeup. She was 11 at the time and turned to prostitution, living on the streets until she was adopted by the local drag queen community.
1: Jesus, can you imagine being an 11-year-old on the streets having to, trying to sell your body yeah. for money? Thank mm-hmm. God. That somebody took her in because holy shit, that is scary.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they actually—I didn't—I didn't put it in here, but Marsha and Sylvia both, even as adults, uh, were sex workers to yeah. pay the bills.
1: See, so that's scary as an adult, but I feel like it's even more.
0: Well, right. Intense. As a kid,
1: and not just like eleven years old. Yeah. Gross. Those people. Picking her up are gross. Fucking grossos. Sorry. I'm already going to be heated through this whole
0: episode. <laughs> uh, if there's one thing to learn from this episode of Topics and Tangents, is that doing it with 11-year-old kids is gross.
1: Yeah, it's gross.
0: Uh, if you want to hear a list of other reprehensible things that Kate says you should not do, you can feel free to email us at gravy at gmail.com. Or, you know, just... Just think about it for like two minutes, and I'm sure you'll come up with your own list.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have no problem sending you a list of things that are gross. I mean, some of them you might find not gross, uh, but this will be on the top part of the list
0: as gross. With a capital, H.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Now, on this specific night Sylvia happened to be standing outside the Stonewall Inn with several other passers-by and upon seeing people being roughly ex- escorted out of the bar she joined in with yelling and cursing at the police. Finally, Storm De La Verre, a lesbian patron of the bar complained that her handcuffs were too tight. This was met with a swift clubbing from one of the cops. Jesus. Fed up Sylvia picked up a bottle and pelted it at the police, ignoring the dangerous power dynamic that she was fighting. This would be the start of the Stonewall riots. Confused by this irregular show of brazen disobedience, the police called in reinforcements and barricaded themselves inside the bar. Around 400 people rioted outside the bar, forcing their way inside several times before finally setting the building on fire. When reinforcements arrived... They extinguished the flames and attempted to scatter the riot, but by this point, the crowd had spread to neighboring streets and could not be contained until riot police were dispatched to the scene. If the police thought that had resolved the issue, however, they were sorely mistaken. For the following five days, several additional riots and protests erupted in the Greenwich Village area of New York City. These protests would embolden people into action, forming essential LGBT rights groups. The Stonewall Riots even urged individuals to stand up for themselves. Hell yeah. Quote, I read about Stonewall in the newspaper, Virginia Apuzzo explains, who was 28 at the time and a member of the convent of Mount St. Vincent. I was very, very curious. Before I entered the convent at age 26, I'd had two lovers and knew I was a lesbian, but I tried to play by the rules. I thought I'd have to live my life with this deep, dark secret. Here I thought I was the only one, and that I'd just spoiled two other women, and when the newspaper identified what sounded like a public group of people, it was as if suddenly a brick wall opened up. It was very exciting. Hell yeah. That summer, Virginia left her convent in Riverdale to join Greenwich Village with, quote, what I had on my back. She has since spent the last 40 years in pursuit of furthering LGBT rights and acceptance, founding community centers and accepting government positions during the Clinton years, uh, and serving as executive director of the National Lesbian and Gay Task Force, which, in all honesty, kind of compels a comparison to being a gay person working in the White House. Quote, I decided that all of my term papers would be gay, Martin Boyce <laughs> explains in his junior year at Hunter College, immediately following his efforts in the Stonewall riots. I can see now that that was a courageous thing to do because nobody would hand in a paper in 1969 that had those explicit themes. It just wasn't accepted. But for a student like me, it was exciting because it was ground that no one else had covered before. Uh, believe it or not, Boyce's professor was pretty unhappy with the decision.
1: Oh, you think?
0: Quote, outraged, (laughs) but he gave me a very good grade. He asked how I could possibly prove these things, and I explained that I knew these things were true. He asked how I could know they were true, so I asked him, have you ever slept with a man? He said, no. And I said, well, then you'll never know. (laughs) He didn't say a word, it just looked at me. And Martin Boyce's balls grew three sizes that day.
1: Sure did. (laughs) Damn. That's awesome.
0: Uh, Raybid Castro. Quote, I was never afraid of the cops on the street because I was not an obvious person. I was not flaunting my homosexuality to anyone. I wasn't holding hands. It would never have occurred to me to try and have a confrontation with them because you don't want to be arrested for any stupid reason. I never had any problems with the police. I never had problems with anyone anywhere until that night. On the night of the Stonewall riots, Raymond was in the bar, but was soon released by the police. His friend, however, was not as fortunate. When Raymond tried to assist his friend, he was pushed back inside and denied release. He was then handcuffed and taken outside to a van. Castro then resisted arrest by pushing himself off of the vehicle and falling back, knocking over the two cops. Four more arrived to subdue him. Quote, never ever gave it a thought of Stonewall being a turning point. All I know is enough was enough. You had to fight for your rights. And I'm happy to say whatever happened that night, I was part of it. Because at a moment like that, you don't think, you just act. Raymond Castro died October 9th, 2010, at the age of 68.
1: That is really awesome.
0: Yeah. And I like
1: that You're like there's so many people that had different... We're in different parts of their lives. Yeah. We're having to deal with this in different ways. And they all just kind of looked at each other and said, I'm fucking done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. We're done.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to try and make sure that it's shared on our Facebook page, but I actually kept the link. Um, There's a link that I was pulling those from. Um, Those are all from one site where they have at least a dozen people that just were discussing what they were doing and where they were that night. Yeah. Um, We obviously, we don't have time to go over all of them. But, yeah, I very much recommend reading some of the stories because it's very interesting to see all these different views. And they range from some of them are more humorous, like the papers, um, and happy. Some of them are a little more serious or sad. Uh, So it's just it's always interesting to me to just hear different views on pivotal pieces of history like this. Yeah. So, and what of Sylvia Rivera and Marsha Johnson? The two would form STAR, Street Transvestites Action Revolutionaries, a group that reached out to help transgender and other LGBT youth by giving them somewhere safe to stay. Uh, they also actually... I, I couldn't find if they were successful in doing so, but I know that they wanted to also uh, be able to start teaching them how to read and write, because yeah. a lot of these people are people that didn't even get to finish their education, their high school education.
1: Yeah, they got kicked out, and now that's a huge right. homelessness problem amongst kids in the LGBT community, and adults, but starting off as children, a lot of them.
0: And, <coughs> Excuse me. And they started with a... They just had a big trailer that they just crammed people into. And yeah. then one time they came by and saw that the trailer was getting towed. And there were several st- of youth still inside sleeping. And that's when they went, okay, yeah, this can't be a permanent solution. So they ended up selling the trailer and they actually bought a, um, a building in the city that they could then stay in more permanently. Yeah. And Sylvia and Marsha just continued working on the streets to earn money to pay for the bills and everything to keep um, people there.
1: Shit. So,
0: yeah. I they, mean,
1: damn. That's that is
0: That's a lot of work.
1: That's a lot of work. That's a lot of selfless
0: Yeah. They were also very active during the eighties AIDS panic fighting to bring to life the ridiculous costs of life-saving medication and treatments. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Marsha's story does not end happily. Mm-hmm. In 1992, Marsha Johnson, age 48, was found floating in the Hudson River. There are rumors that it might have been suicide. Others believe that her death had mob ties because she was... Yeah. Because she... Mar- Marcia Johnson was... Basically Like she was often referred to As the street queen Because she spent most of her life homeless But she was Extremely charismatic yeah. And so Everyone that met her uh, She was pretty much always Like the life of the party And One thing that some of her close friends knew Is that she always had A fear of the mob uh, But 26 y- years later The case remains unsolved And there's actually a documentary on Netflix. I don't know when it came out, but it's within the last few months. Yeah. The death and life of Marsha Johnson.
1: Holy shit. So. Yeah, between moving and everything, I haven't gotten to sit down and really watch. Yeah, same. I fell asleep (laughs) watching Tig's new special because I've been wanting to watch it. I'm like halfway through and I passed out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so tired.
0: So, when you finish moving somewhere, then check out the documentary.
1: Yes. (laughs) When When you have the means to plug in all your electronics, to turn on the interwebs, to turn on the Netflix, watch the documentary. And if you're
0: not in the middle of moving, find a new place to live, then move, then watch the documentary. Yeah, you
1: have to be moving first. Otherwise...
0: You just don't have an appreciation of the solitude of the documentary.
1: No, you don't. You have to be exhausted mentally, emotionally, physically.
0: I helped some of my other friends move, and so I kind of understood it, but I feel like it would have been a better experience if I had moved.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's on you.
0: Uh, Sylvia Rivera would join her ten years later in 2002, when she died of liver cancer. She was 50 years old. Mm. There are several more interesting stories, and as I said earlier, I definitely urge everyone to at least spend an hour or so researching online to read up more, Uh, but these stories all serve a common theme. Gays finding a voice that they previously thought was non-existent. The following year, the... Christopher Street Liberation Day March was held in tribute of the Stonewall riots. All over the city, supporters of the LGBT community gathered to march to Central Park. Afterwards, similar marches started organizing in cities across the country. The Christopher Street Liberation Day is a far, far cry from the pride of parades of today. As explained by Fred Sargent, a man who participated in the march, Quote, no floats, no music, no boys in briefs. Most marchers held signs and chanted, "Say it clear, say it loud. Gay is good, gay is proud." The first actual celebratory parade was held in Los Angeles. By the 1980s, most major cities in the nation had some form of a pride parade. It has grown into an international trend. These parades are held to commemorate the Stonewall Riots and the birth of the LGBT Civil Rights Movement, as well as to celebrate and take pride in the LGBT community, key prominent figures, and the strides taken to find acceptance. It also serves to remind those who question their identity that they are not alone, and that, while the world can be a difficult place to navigate, there is a place where they are welcome and loved, because they are never truly alone.
1: I mean, it's... it's so beautiful to get to see something go from being so degraded and hated. I know that people from the LGBTQ community still do face a lot of resilience mm-hmm. in the community, but it's amazing that they get to they get to be openly proud of themselves for a mm-hmm. while. And it's awesome to hear the trials and tribulations that it took to get them to this point alone. Mm-hmm. And that they are celebrating this every single year of them kick, the people kicking ass and standing up for themselves and getting somewhere. So despite the exclu- exclusionary history that created Pride, Pride parades and events are actually open to everyone, regardless of whether or not you're a member of the LGBT community. However, if you wish to attend as a cisgender straight ally, there are certain rules that you are expected to follow and respect. Don't worry, they're really easy. We have a list here provided by Bustle.com.
0: Thanks, Bustle.
1: Thanks, Bustle. Not sponsored. Uh, Here's what you should keep in mind. One, learn what pride is all about. By listening to this episode of Topics and Tangents, you've already achieved the first step. However, don't stop there. There's so much more to learn. And the links that we are providing with this episode is a great place to start. Like those stories that you were talking about. It's a good place to start to get a mindset of so many different people.
0: And like there's not going to be some kind of exam you have to take to go. Although that would be kind of fun slash funny. But just a general understanding which sounds very simple and minor... ...can go a long way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it helps with even the next rule, which is be mindful of the language you use. If you know about the history, you're going to know about some verbiage that it could be seen as derogatory to someone of the LGBT community. So, much like how you wouldn't go to a Black Lives Matter march and start yelling racial slurs, you should never use anti-LGBT slurs either, We're not going to provide a list of those.
0: You know what they are.
1: You already know what they are. So if you're wondering whether or not a word is safe, it's best to assume it's not. Speak with love and kindness.
0: Even if you have a friend that has given you the go-ahead to use the word.
1: Yep. Just don't. Just because one friend says it's okay doesn't mean a whole community is okay with it. Just saying. It still might hurt some people. And that's the last thing you want to do. So, do everything in your power to decenter yourself. Pride parades are for members of the LGBT community. If you are a cisgender straight individual, it's not necessarily just for you. So, just relax, enjoy it. There are plenty of other celebrations that you can be the front and center of.
0: July Fourth is right around the corner, folks.
1: It really is. Uh, they've endured a lot over the years. Just. Let them have their rightful place in the spotlight. Let them have it. Enjoy it. Take it all in. Be the audience. It's nice once in a while. So, stay out of spaces that, you're, that aren't for you. So, while pride parades in an inclusionary experience, there may be aspects that are not for allies. So, meetups, picnics, and subsect marches may be tailored for a specific part of the community. So please respect them. You wouldn't charge into a party that you're not invited to, right?
0: Chad. <laughs> Fucking Chad. Damn it, Chad.
1: It's always Chad. Anyway, same thing. If you weren't invited, you're not... Just don't go.
0: You but can like, respect it and I enjoy it. want to see it. all the, the people and the stuff?
1: You can stand on the side and enjoy it like a parade. You be the audience, remember? Uh. Our previous one? Yeah. So the fifth one would be, don't gawk at what you see. Really simple. It's not rude to, it's, it's, it's rude to stare. It's not rude to give your full attention. You just, there's a big difference. You know what that difference is. If you don't know what that difference is, you can send us a message asking your specific questions at topicsandtangents.com.
0: Dailygravy at gmail.com. Yes, I got her to do it. <laughs> I'm not the only one anymore. It's a thing. 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 God damn it. <laughs> so,
1: unless someone asks you for their full attention, utilize normal, everyday social norms and mind your own damn business. Number six, be very mindful of who you photograph. This isn't your personal photo shoot only take pictures snaps or instagrams if you have explicit permission to do so and be respectful in their stance changes during their interaction pride is a safe space for everyone not a museum not a gallery i mean you could take a selfie with yourself just don't like try to photograph everybody else in it like you know how you go to take a picture of something Mm -hmm. and you have to be in a your own the discreet
0: selfie spy photo. Yeah, don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. And, and I mean, most, most... Unless you get permission. Most parades and, like, committees that organize these will have their own photographer. Yeah. So they don't, like... Your, your iPhone 4 may ha- still take great pictures, but they have someone to take their professional pictures. And if they don't, that's because they don't want one. So, it's just simple. Ask permission yeah. first. Like, gay 90s, they had a glam show that s- most of the dancers were totally chill. If you're like, hey man, can I get a picture with you? Yeah. So, it just, it takes two seconds to ask.
1: Yeah, just be respectful of another human being. I know yeah. that's difficult for some people, but...
0: Chad!
1: Damn it, Chad!
0: Chad keeps beating
1: uh, don't speculate on the genders of other people's attending Pride. That's the next one. So this can be fielded up by one, sim- one simple question. Are you in an intimate relationship with them? No. Then see point 0.5 and mind your goddamn business. Unless they actively go around with their genitalia on display, they won't. Uh, but there should be no reason for you to know what's going on down there. Remember, it doesn't matter what's under the hood as long as it takes you to the, your destination. Number eight, don't panic or get upset if someone hits on you. This goes double if, you, if you're a cat-calling asshole. Heads up, if you're one of the cat-calling assholes. Versus- Chad! Yeah, yeah, like you, Chad. Let me just say this. It wasn't warranted or wanted to begin with there either. Anyway. This will probably be a non-issue, but flirting is not an attack on you, your identity, or your preferences. It simply means someone finds you attractive. Thank them, gently turn them down with any unwanted advances, and move on. If they're an asshole about it, that's different. But at a pride parade, nine times out of ten, they're not going to be an asshole. Yeah. You're at a pride parade, they think you're cute. They want to see if they can get your digits. If not, move it on. Whoop-dee-doo. That's kind of how you meet somebody sometimes. It's normal. So, if you are concerned that something more is going to happen that's a reflection on you, not them. Number nine, don't treat pride like a meat market to get your personal fantasies fulfilled. Pride is like a box of chocolates. Every piece is just a little bit different, and unless it's yours, you don't have any of of the right to stuff it in your mouth.
0: I forgot some of the stuff I wrote.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. So, no one is there to participate in your threesome. No one is there to help you experiment. No one is there to entertain you. Remember that whole thing about you not being the spotlight? Yeah, that's coming up again. Just saying, if this is difficult for you, pretend they're strangers on a train. If you'd ask a stranger on the train to bang you or your wife, you need to take the next exit and get some
0: help. God damn, Chad! Fucking a, Chad!
1: If we have any listeners named Chad, this is not.
0: This is absolutely about you, Chad. I guess it's about fucking dirtbag, piece of shit. <laughs> Chattastic, chatical.
1: <laughs> number 10. God damn it. <coughs> number 10. Make donations to the organizations that host the event. Most Pride events are free, run by several volunteers that contribute out of pocket. If you enjoy Pride parades, help ensure that the future events continue to happen by chipping in what you can. After all, the LGBT community still has a long way to go before they are truly equal, and these parades are but one aspect of that. And uh, there's one more rule, uh, number 11, and that's uh, fuck Chads. Not actually fuck them.
0: I've got your number, Chad, you son of a bitch.
1: (laughs) Rule number 11. Yell at a dude named Chad, or she named Chad, Yell at a person named Chad.
0: I don't care about your genitalia, but fuck you, Chad.
1: And after all 11 of those, there you have it. You're so ready for your first Pride Parade. Enjoy it.
0: They grow up so fast.
1: Oh my gosh. But seriously, if any of our listeners... If any of our listeners go to a Pride Parade... Please send us pictures. I want to see pictures. just bit, if, Even if it's not people, just like pictures of a sign you saw or a selfie of yourself in like your hotel room before you head out. No nudes, please. I mean, I've been seeing so many people on a page that I liked online with the coolest, coolest makeup for pride. It is so cool. There's tons of beautiful rainbow eyeshadow that I would never be able to do. I'm super jealous, but I love looking at it. So, I'm just saying, like, you could send us those. Hey, uh, Mort, where, where could they where could they send us those photos?
0: I mean, we do have a Facebook page and a Twitter account.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: Otherwise, they could send it to Tomic's attention. It's <laughs> in the gravy at gmail.com. <laughs> Woo! Now, another thing, because I I saw it last night, another thing I want to point out that's also important, um, whether you're part of the LGBT community or an ally, is Mm because, as we said earlier, there's still a lot of steps to go, and unfortunately, that also includes some negativity in the LGBT community itself. Of course, there's people that have... Issues with people who are bisexual or pansexual. Yep. Um, one thing that I found out about last night that I also kind of wanted to touch on is a trend that... It's, it's been kind of a yearly thing, but it's really kind of taken off this year on Twitter, uh, which is people calling for uh, hashtag drop the tea, um, mm-hmm. which is really unfortunate considering that two prominent figures that kind of created the whole thing with Pride Month are transgender themselves. Yeah. And unfortunately, you're going to have that negativity where there are people that are going to try and exclude other people like transgender people. Um, and it's important that on, on both sides of the fence, whether they're part of the LGBT community or not, anytime anyone treats someone else poorly is always important to call them out on it because everyone has a right to be here. I mean, it's it's that whole... Like, my my personal thing is if you treat someone as a human being, then you're good. That's just... That's how it's supposed to be. But if you treat anyone as less than human, that's not right. And obviously, like, we have friggin' our... Administration we have now, yeah. but uh, just most people are just trying to live. So if you if you see people doing hashtag drop the T, if you see people giving other people shit because they don't think that they fit the LGBT community, whether you're part of it or not, call them out on it. Hold them responsible. Everyone should be held responsible.
1: Or at least start a conversation with them. Yeah. Have a real conversation because what each individual person in this world deserves Mm
0: -hmm.
1: is to have a conversation with someone don't attack the other person because that's just going
0: to make them defensive
1: yeah it's it's going to block them off any conversation you have with them they're just going to instantly shut down and they're going to go in defense mode start a conversation every single person deserves to have a good conversation and that goes back with treating people like humans if you you It's so simple to just go ahead and treat another person. That cliche, treat others how you want to be treated. Do that. You wouldn't want someone to... You wouldn't... How would you feel if someone discriminated against you because of something that you had no control over and told you you don't belong in a group that currently tells you to belong? Have that conversation. Explain to each other. Try to be open with each other. It's about... Acceptance. It's about love. It's about moving forward. It's about humanity.
0: <laughs> so it's it's like telling someone they can't have a job because they're wearing a blue shirt or because they had the misfortune of having their parents name them Chad. Yeah, it's not okay. I mean, if if they're like, yeah, I like to stab people, why? Just just because it's fun. Yeah, don't give don't give that person a job.
1: No. Also, uh, don't
0: give them
1: a knife. Yeah. We're getting off topic.
0: But, I mean, it's just, just something to keep in mind. Yeah. Something we want to cover. Otherwise, we hope you all have a safe and fun Pride Month. And, of course, these tips are tips to take with you year round. I know lacrosse, we actually, for whatever reason, I never figured out why, have our Pride Parade in September.
1: Yeah, I don't know why that is. We should look into that.
0: But uh But yeah, no, it's something to keep in mind year round.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah. And I mean, these rules, a lot of these rules can also be taken out of pride and just treating another person kindly. It'll it'll go a long ways. So, I do appreciate everybody listening in. I hope everybody has an amazing month. Hope everybody has a good rest of the year, the best that they can. Do what you need to do to fight for what you need in life. And
0: uh, And we will see you next time when we discuss bad daddies.
1: Yeah, bad daddies.
0: Bye. Bye.
1: Topics and Tangents is a Daily Gravy podcast created and hosted by Mortimer Langford and Kate in association with the Daily Gravy Network. Intro and outro music provided by the song 1550 off of the album Disorganized Fun by Ronald Jenkies For more great music, go to ronaldjenkies.com or visit his Spotify page. Be sure to check out more great Daily Gravy podcasts on iTunes, Podbay, and wherever podcasts are found. While you're at it, please rate and review. Thank you for listening, and we greatly appreciate it.